Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Thursday, March 24th, 2022. Coming up this hour, President Biden meets with allies in Brussels to discuss ramping up pressure on Russia. The U.S. and EU close in on a deal to slash Europe's dependency on Russian energy. And Supreme Court nominee Ketanji Brown-Jackson fends off a barrage of attacks at her confirmation hearings. State Comptroller Dinopoli says New York will fully divest all Russian holdings, plus tributes continue for former Secretary of State Madeleine Albright. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashow in sports. New York City is dropping the vaccine mandate that prevented Kyrie Irving from playing home games. The Nets lost in Memphis. The Knicks won in Charlotte. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak on Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 99.1 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm John Tucker. Bloomberg Daybreak being brought to you by Interactive Brokers Simple, IBKR Global Trader App. Deposit in your local currency, trade stocks in the U.S., Europe, and Asia. Start your free trial at ibkr.com slash global trader. Man, futures are moving higher this morning. It is 6.01 on Wall Street. We check the markets every 15 minutes during the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures are up 23 points. Dow futures up 127. NASDAQ futures higher by 87 points. The 10-year Treasury is down 20, 30 seconds. The yield 2.36%. The yield on the two-year, John, is at 2.14%. And, Nathan, we begin with the war as it reaches the one-month mark. President Biden meets with allies in Brussels today to discuss ramping up pressure on Vladimir Putin to withdraw forces from Ukraine. New sanctions among the options on the table. Details from Bloomberg's Ed Baxter. Along with a show of solidarity, the U.S. wants some even stiffer penalties placed on Russia. And National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan says enforcement is very important to agree. On an initiative to coordinate on sanctions enforcement so that Russian efforts to evade the sanctions or other countries' effort to help Russia evade the sanctions can be dealt with effectively and in a coordinated fashion. Sullivan says as well China will be a major concern. NATO, G7, and EU meetings today. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. And at the G7 meeting, the nation's plan to warn Vladimir Putin against using chemical or nuclear weapons in Ukraine. That is according to a draft statement the group will issue today. At the same time, U.S. and EU are close to a deal to slash Europe's dependency on Russian energy. Let's go live to London, get the very latest on that from Bloomberg's Max Ramsey. Good morning, Max. Morning to you, John and Nathan. Yes, what we're hearing is that as soon as tomorrow, the Biden administration and Europe's leaders could agree a deal to cut demand for Russian energy. What would this involve? Well, an official familiar with the plans tells us the intention is around supplying American natural gas and hydrogen to Europe. It's high up on the agenda as Biden meets with NATO and European leaders 
throughout the day. And it's seen as an important step in their efforts to isolate Moscow over the invasion of Ukraine. Live in London, Max Ramsey, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thanks, Max. Russia's stock market opened for the first time in nearly a month. The country's benchmark index rose as much as 12 percent after Moscow stepped in with support measures. The government's allowing just two-thirds of the stocks on the exchange to trade, and that's just for a shortened four-hour session. Russia also banned short selling and restricted foreigners from exiting local equities. That's on top of a pledge to prop up the stock market with a $10 billion all right, John, energy markets remain in focus as well as the war in Ukraine sparks volatility. And a couple Wall Street titans are speaking out now on U.S. energy policy. We get the details from Bloomberg's Lisa Mateo. Sources say J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon is telling President Biden he needs a Marshall Plan for developing more domestic natural gas. That was at a White House meeting on Monday. According to sources, Dimon urged the White House to reduce the time needed to obtain permits for renewable energy projects such as wind farms. Dimon also spoke about the need for more short-term investment in oil and gas, despite longer-term climate goals. At the same time, BlackRock CEO Larry Fink says the invasion of Ukraine has the potential to speed up the global shift to green energy. He says it could also do the same thing for digital currencies. That's from Fink's annual letter to shareholders. In New York, I'm Lisa Mateo, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thanks, Lisa. The White House also working on its budget plans right now. Bloomberg News has learned President Biden plans to request more than $813 billion in national security spending, including $773 billion for the Pentagon in the federal budget he'll send to Congress on Monday. That's an increase of $31 billion, or 4% from approved spending for the current fiscal year. Another major story we continue to follow, John, brings us back to Capitol Hill, where Supreme Court confirmation hearings wrap up today for Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson. Yesterday, Jackson fended off an orchestrated barrage of Republican attacks on her record as things got tense among members of the committee. Amy Morris has details from our Bloomberg 99.1 newsroom in Washington. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham voted to confirm Jackson less than a year ago, but had a sharp exchange with her over sentencing and child pornography cases. I think the best way you deter crime when it comes to child pornography is you lower the boom on anybody who goes on the Internet and pulls out these images for their pleasure. Senator, every person in all of these uh, charts and documents... I sent to jail. Committee Chair Dick Durbin accused Senator Ted Cruz of not allowing Jackson to answer the question. Chairman Durbin, I've never seen the chairman refuse to allow a witness to answer a question. You can bang it as loud as you want. Well, I can just tell you, at some point, you have to follow the rules. An emotional Senator Cory Booker defended Jackson, saying the GOP allegations are without merit. You have earned this spot. You are worthy. You are a great American. Jackson's nomination will likely end up in a party-line deadlock, but that's not likely to stop Democrats from confirming her as the first black woman to the Supreme Court. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thanks, Amy. Turning to the economy right now, the calls for a 50 point, 50 basis point rate hike at the next Federal Reserve meeting are growing louder. Markets pricing in a rate increase at every central bank meeting this year. We call up with San Francisco Fed President Mary Daly. I will absolutely um, confirm what you know, Jay, uh, Chair Powell's confirmed for himself, which is that I have everything on the table right now. If we need to do 50, 50 is what we'll do. If we need to do 25 in balance sheet, that's what we'll do. But the data will help us determine how much is necessary. San Francisco Fred, uh, President Mary Daly making the comments in an interview with Bloomberg's Michael McKee. The central bank's next policy decision comes on May 4th. 
Ahead of the open on Wall Street this morning, John, S&P futures are up 22 points. Dow futures are up 125. NASDAQ futures higher by 84 points. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines into Check of Sports. This is Bloomberg. And it's now 6.07 on Wall Street. Let's bring in Michael Barr now to find out what else is going on in New York and around the world. John, thank you very much, sir. New York State Comptroller Thomas Dinopoli says New York will fully divest all Russian holdings. Dinopoli spoke with Bloomberg's Sonali Basak. When the war broke out, we said we were going to freeze any new investments, and uh, we were making an assessment of what we considered to be the risk of the portfolio if we continued to be invested. State Comptroller Dinopoli says it's largely in the public equity portfolio, a little bit in fixed income, quantified at about $110 million. Chinese state media say that the search area is being expanded for the second black box from a China Eastern passenger plane that crashed in southern China with 132 people on board earlier this week. One of the black boxes was found yesterday. Secretary of Health and Human Services Javier Becerra warns Congress that funds to fight COVID have already run out. The fund Congress established to reimburse doctors and other medical providers for COVID care for Americans, in particular the uninsured, is no longer accepting new claims for pro- from providers for testing or for treatment services Secretary Becerra at the White House COVID-19 response team press conference says if Congress does not approve more COVID funding, COVID help for vaccines, pills, and other treatment will vanish. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken slammed the Taliban for ditching its commitment to reopen high schools to girls at the last minute. The sudden reversal by the Taliban was met with sharp criticism from the United Nations, while Blinken said it would profoundly harm the group's ability to build ties abroad. Madeleine Albright, who rose to become the first female Secretary of State, has died of cancer. President Bill Clinton chose Albright as America's top diplomat in 1996. Former U.S. Ambassador Thomas Pickering spoke about Albright. She had little love, I would say, for Russia, and that skepticism and indeed suspicion about Russia has proven to me more true than I think any of us had reason to believe when I worked for her. Former Ambassador Pickering spoke with Bloomberg's Joe Matthew. In 2012, President Barack Obama awarded Albright the Medal of Freedom. Madeleine Albright was 84. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg, John. Michael, thank you. And that brings us to 610 on Wall Street. Time down for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stashower. Thanks, John. Kyrie Irving's Brooklyn Nets season has gone from not playing at all due to his decision to not get vaccinated to playing only in road games. But now as the NBA regular season winds down, New York City is set to lift the private sector mandate for in-person work. And Irving will finally be a full-time member of the team. Played last night in Memphis, scored 43 points, so the Nets lost. 132 to 120. Kyrie was later asked for that. Jumping in in the lineup, jumping out, you know, looking forward. Hopefully that could could be something we could uh, fix and move past. I can't wait to talk to you guys once 
This is, a, you know, something's official. And that's expected at a Mayor Adams midday presser today. At City Field, this also affects unvaccinated Met and Yankee players, although you still have to be vaxxed to play in Toronto, and the Yankees have 10 games there. Knicks with one of their better games of the season, a 121-106 win at Charlotte. Did it without starters Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson. Seven Knicks in double figures led by R.J. Barrett's 30 points. Devils lost in Toronto 3-2. NCAA tournament returns tonight. Doubleheaders in San Antonio and San Francisco. That's where Duke plays Texas Tech. Will Duke move on, or will this be the end of Mike Krzyzewski's coaching career? NIT quarterfinal wins for Texas A&M and Washington State. Ron Harper Jr. leaving Rutgers turning pro. For a while yesterday, it looked like the Jets might be acquiring star wideout Tyreek Hill from Kansas City. The Chiefs agreed to deals with the Jets and Dolphins and then let Hill decide where he wanted to go, and he chose Miami. Signed a four-year, $120 million contract with them. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. John? All right, thanks a lot, John. We're still awaiting President Biden and address to uh, NATO ministers in Brussels. We'll bring you that to you live when it happens. Ahead of the cash open up Wall Street down futures right now, up 114 points. The S&P E-mini futures 21 points higher. The Nasdaq futures right now are up 80 points. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Daybreak brought to you by the Jewish Communal Fund. JCF's donor-advised fund is the smart choice to manage your philanthropy, especially in times of crisis. Make your giving impactful. Visit jcfny.org. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. I'm Nathan Hager. European stocks are moving lower. Treasuries extending their slide as well as investors weigh the risks of rising inflation and the impact of the war in Ukraine. We check the markets every 15 minutes during the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures are still higher, up 19 points. Dow futures up 104. NASDAQ futures are up 68 points. Germany's DAX down a half percent. The CAC in Paris is lower by two-tenths of one percent. The 10-year Treasury is down 24, 30 seconds, with the yield 2.38 percent. Yield on the two-year, 2.15 percent. NYMEX crude down four-tenths percent, or 48 cents, at $114.45 a barrel. COMEX gold up three-tenths percent, or $6.60 at $19.49.20 an ounce. The euro, 1.0983 against the dollar. The yen is at 121.72. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash, and now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael? Nathan, thank you very much. The world's leading economic powers plan to warn Russian President Vladimir Putin against using chemical or nuclear weapons in Ukraine. In a draft statement from the group of G7 today, the leaders also plan to say that they will continue to impose severe consequences on Russia. U.S. President Joe Biden is in Brussels for a trio of summits with NATO, the G7, and the European Union. New York City Mayor Eric Adams will announce today that he's exempting athletes and performers from the city's vaccine mandate for private workers. The move will allow Brooklyn Nets star Kyrie Irving to play home games and let unvaccinated baseball players take the field when their season begins. NBA games, the Nets lost, the Knicks and Celtics won, and the NHL, the Devils lost. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries, I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. 
This is The Big Take, the best of Bloomberg's in-depth original reporting from around the globe. This is a really fast-moving story. It's caused a lot of outrage among investors. This is so fascinating. The market shut down in a way it's never done before. That's going to have consequences for years to come. The Big Take on Bloomberg Radio. And our Big Take this morning focuses on the future of globalization. The West must save globalization. This is an opinion piece co-authored by John Micklethwaite, editor-in-chief of Bloomberg News. And John joins us this morning from London. Yeah, John, as we uh, filled up the car in the U.S. this morning, we griped and blamed events in far-off places. More broadly, it does raise the question, what's the path forward for uh, integrating the world's economies? This, this ain't the first rodeo for globalization, is it? No, that's the point, and very nice to um, uh, to be here, John. The, the the point is, you go back a hundred years ago. Back then, we had a global age, um, or just over a hundred years ago. Back, go back to 1913. We were at the end of the first great age of globalization, far, far freer in many ways than the world in which we business people operate now. You could move capital, you could move people, you could move goods around the world much more easily. You didn't need a passport. And there's a famous bit of John Maynard Keynes where he imagines a Londoner sitting there ordering things from around the world, thinking this world was going to go on forever and failing to notice at the bottom of his newspaper a little headline about Sarajevo. And I think many of us, yes, we've gone through COVID, we've seen all these things. In many ways, we have fewer excuses than that Londoner. You go back a couple of months ago, most business people, I think, were counting on the world still continuing generally to open up. And that is um, the big danger, I think, the big economic danger from Ukraine that accelerates already what's happening in terms of decoupling between America and China. But more generally, every business person around the world is now thinking about political risk in a completely different way. Yeah, and the war in Ukraine is more than amusement in the daily newspapers, Keynes would say. It is, say. and and same same with same with uh, same with uh, um, uh, with with uh, uh, with what happened in the First World War, carnage on an untold scale. Before that, what Keynes called the politics of, of militarism and imperialism were indeed amusements. I think people didn't really they didn't they didn't see them as being the sort of central fact of their age and business people as well. And I think now what has happened is we now realize things like nationalism and all these things matter enormously. And if you look at the, I'm going to make a big pretentious point, but you look at the broad sort of progress of man, in general, economics and technology tend to win most of the time. But there are periods, especially when globalization sticks, pushes up um, people who it's discontents, there are periods when these things like cultural things, nationalism, religion, all these things matter more. And at this precise moment, we have Putin doing something which by any means was sort of economically self-harming. But he did it for different reasons. And that's true of many things around the world right now. You, you underscore those fits and starts to integrating the global economy. Um, it hasn't always been a great poster child for capitalism either. No, um, but again, I, I would. I think if you're Joe Biden, I think you have to sit there and you have to make some serious decisions now. Um, yes, globalization has had its problems, but by any measure, it's first made the world safer, it's made the world more prosperous, and it's made the world freer. Not in every case, in every way, but overall, it's dragged people out of poverty and it's pushed freedom forward. 
Right now, um, Joe Biden is singing us one song and that not doing what he preaches. His song is that he wants to build an alliance of democracies. Last year, I went to Asia. You, you saw Gina Raimondo, one of his more talented ministers, trying desperately to get the Asians interested in sort of frameworks and these strange words like that. And, and they took them for what it was, which was meaningless. That they want free trade deals. And those are the kind of concrete that can make these things different. And I think what Biden needs to do is he needs to say, look, I don't, you know, union votes matter. But in the end, the security of America matters more. And from the point of view of America's long-term security, cementing alliances with other democracies around the world really, really matters. And he has right now an opportunity to remake transatlantic trade with Europe and also to reach out across the Pacific. And you set up these organizations, and that is the way in which you can remodel globalization. You can take in things like um, forcing companies to pay a bit more tax. You can add in things like um, uh, the environment. But you know, in the end, from a liberal point of view, and I mean liberal in the sense of the old and better British term, use of that phrase, from a liberal point of view, globalization tends to do a lot more good than bad. And the economic side of freedom is something that Joe Biden needs to learn very quickly, I think. As you point out there, history is lesson, but uh, more often than not, we don't avoid the march of folly. Are you optimistic? At the moment, I think that the, the, whatever happens in Ukraine, um, you know, two things are underway, which are going to be quite difficult to stop. The first is the sort of geopolitical switch towards decoupling, which I think is already underway. And from the point of view of um, President Xi in China, this what is happening at the moment in terms of the boycotts and things that the West is mounting, that is another reason for China to turn somewhat inwards, certainly towards Asia and setting up its own block. And that's something that, that is already underway. From 0.75 to 1.58 percent, rates subject to change. Learn more at ibkr.com slash compare. Up first, we are a month now into Russia's invasion of Ukraine, and President Biden is in Brussels for marathon meetings with allies. They will discuss new plans to pressure Vladimir Putin to withdraw his forces. Bloomberg senior reporter Mark Champion says these meetings are crucial. It is important. We've had a month of war now, and he's going to be sitting down with leaders that he's been talking to by phone, by video link, throughout and trying to really coordinate a response. They have to think about what happens if Russia decides to escalate. They need to think about China. If China does come in and support Russia either economically or with weapons, there's a lot to talk about. Bloomberg's Mark Champion reports the group of seven nations plans to warn Vladimir Putin against using chemical or nuclear weapons in Ukraine. That is according to a draft statement the G7 will issue today. At the same time, the U.S. and the European Union are close to a deal to slash Europe's dependency on Russian energy. An agreement on that could be announced as soon as tomorrow. And stocks in Russia trading for the first time in nearly a month. They're trading higher, but under heavy restrictions, the government's allowing just two-thirds of equities to trade. Russia has also banned short selling and restricted foreigners from exiting local equities. Turning to U.S. politics now, John, confirmation hearings conclude today for Supreme Court nominee Ketanji Brown-Jackson. Yesterday saw Jackson fend off GOP attacks on several fronts, including her record on crime, child pornography, and abortion. I would do what I've done for the past decade, which is to rule from a position of neutrality, to look 
carefully at the facts and the circumstances of every case without any agendas. The Senate Judiciary Committee plans to vote on Jackson's nomination April 4th. She is expected to be confirmed along party lines. And Nathan, budget plans also center stage in Washington today. Bloomberg News has learned the White House plans to request more than $813 billion in national security spending, including $773 billion for the Pentagon in the federal budget that goes to Congress on Monday. That's an increase of $31 billion, or 4%, from approved spending for the current fiscal year. And that's the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. All right, let's take a look at the uh, markets ahead of the open on this Thursday morning. S&P futures are up 19 points, Dow futures up 109. NASDAQ futures are higher by 66 points. Germany's DAX is now down uh, six-tenths of 1%. The CAC in Paris lower by four-tenths percent. The 10-year Treasury is down 24.30 seconds. The yield 2.37%, yield on the two-year 2.15. NYMEX crude, little changed, up seven cents at $115 even a barrel. COMEX gold up four tenths percent or $8.50 at 1951.10 an ounce. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. Yeah, it's now 6.33 of Wall Street. Let's bring in Michael Barr to tell us what else is going on in New York and around the world. John, thank you very much. New York Comptroller Thomas Dinopoli says the state will fully divest all Russian holdings. Dinopoli says when the war broke out, we said we were going to freeze any new investments. This is largely in the public equity portfolio, a little bit in fixed income. We quantified it at about $110 million, so on our base, it's not a significant exposure. Comptroller Dinopoli spoke with Bloomberg's Sonali Basak. The search area was expanded today for the second black box from a China Eastern passenger jet that crashed in southern China with 132 people on board earlier this week. Off and on rain was impeding the search for a second straight day. One of the black boxes believed to be the cockpit voice recorder was found yesterday. Investigators said its outer casing was damaged, but the orange cylinder was relatively intact. North Korea launched its first intercontinental ballistic missile in more than four years. Kim Jong-un abandoned a testing freeze that had underpinned an unprecedented wave of talks with the U.S. The nation's first woman secretary of state, Madeleine Albright, has died. President Clinton chose her in 1996. Her well-known quick wit came out during a 2013 ABC interview about her job. I loved what I did. Um, I uh, did uh, sleep when I could on command. Um, I didn't exercise enough. Being Secretary of State was a very fattening job because I was eating for my country. Former U.S. Ambassador Thomas Pickering about Madeleine Albright's passing. I had the honor and the, the pleasure of working with her as her second deputy in the State Department as undersecretary. And she was forthright. She was always strong. She had very firm views, particularly on Eastern Europe. Pickering spoke with Bloomberg's Joe Matthew. Albright received the Medal of Freedom in 2012. Madeleine Albright died of cancer at age 84. Government health officials are again telling Congress if it does not approve more COVID funding, millions of Americans may no longer get the virus prevention and treatment they need. They say without another $22 billion for vaccines, pills, and other treatment that's free to patients, COVID help will vanish in the next few months. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg, John. Michael, thank you. 
It's now 6.36 on Wall Street, and it's time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stanchel. Thanks, John. It's certainly been an unusual situation. Net star Kyrie Irving playing only on the road due to New York's vaccine mandate. It became really bizarre when Irving was allowed to sit in the stands at a Nets home game but couldn't play. That is going to now change. Mayor Adams will make the lifting of the mandate official today. A presser at City Field. This move also a sigh of relief for the Mets and Yankees, who are both believed to have unvaccinated players. It's a move that will significantly improve the Nets' chances in the upcoming NBA playoffs. Irving's been on a tear lately. He had a 50-point game, later went for 60. Last night, 43 points. Kevin Durant added 35, but the Nets lost. In Memphis, 132-120. to 120. The Knicks won in Charlotte, 121-106. Their coach, Tom Thibodeau. One of our best games of the year, just in, in, in a lot of different areas. So it, wasn't, it was a challenge, obviously, back-to-back, guys out. But uh, I thought the unselfishness to start the game got us into a really good rhythm. In the win, Evan Fournier broke John Starks' Knicks record for most three-pointers in a season. Devils lost in Toronto 3-2 in Tampa. Yankee home runs for DJ LeMayo, Glaber Torres, John Carlos Stanton, a seven-round, one-round of Baltimore. Aaron Judge and the Yanks exchanged arbitration figures. Judge looking for $21 million. Yanks $17 million. The two sides said to be at work on a new long-term deal. Tyreek Hill, latest NFL star to get traded in what's been a wild offseason. Kansas City. Del Hill to Miami for five draft picks, and he signed a new lucrative deal with the Dolphins. The Jets were in it. Chiefs let Hill decide where he wanted to go. He chose Miami. John Stashower, Bloomberg Sports. John. All right, John, thanks a lot. 637 on Wall Street. Time now to take a look at stocks, some of the names that are moving in the pre-market. And for that, we're joined by Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent, Kriti Gupta. Yeah, absent any major themes in the markets today, let's just focus on some uh, some of the individual movers today. What a great idea. KV Home is the one we that... We preview this, so she told me <laughs> to say that. Uh, I did. I did. Um, John Tucker's great at following directions. It's fantastic. Um, KV Home is the one uh, that's seeing a pretty big move today. KVH is your ticker, down just shy of 4%. Um, and they did miss earnings, analysts flagging lower deliveries and supply chain disruptions. Remember, KV Home is one of those stocks that was doing really well in the pandemic as more and more people were looking to... Um, spend a lot in home building materials and new housing starts. You really saw that industry boom. You're seeing a little bit of uh, the bloom come off that rose uh, now to the point where you're starting Who to see Who can afford a house now? Come on. That's true, but apparently it's showing up in their earnings. Once again, they did miss those earnings. KBH down just shy of 4%. Some positive news, though. Do you use Spotify? Are you a Spotify <laughs> user? <laughs> I'm not going to say I'm a Luddite, but close. <laughs> I, I imagine John Tucker with a with a record player at home. No. You're one of those Yeah, people. well, no, not quite that bad, but it's it's bad. <laughs> well, Spotify, you should get into it. It's pretty great. SPOT is your ticker up 3.4%. Ale is positive on the firm's agreement with Alphabet's Google to allow the company to bill users directly. Analysts also saying that the sign-up process becomes more straightforward for Spotify users and other companies like dating app operators could also benefit longer term. This is a huge deal. I think when a lot of people talk about apps, you don't necessarily think about the costs that are involved uh, that go to Apple or Alphabet or wherever uh, the app lives. So to see that... Um, kind of make the process a little bit easier definitely helps us Spotify's bottom line SPOT those shares up over three percent in their pre-market 
You also have some positive comments here coming from Nicola. NKLA is your ticker, up a whopping 9%. This follows their analyst day. J.B. Morgan also coming out and saying that the analyst there had come away with a, quote, positive impression from the manufacturing site visit. So some good news in the EV space, it seems. What do I use in the, in the, um, the free uh, Pandora? I mean, I don't pay for it. Pandora. In the car. And I have to listen to their stupid commercials. I think you can pay to get rid of those. <laughs> Shell out a little extra cash, John well, there, There's the rub, paying money. Trying well, to get money out of me, it's when I open the wallet. A little bats, well, that explains my Christmas present. Kriti <laughs> 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 Kupta, thank you. Always a pleasure. And as we look at the broader market right now, the uh, we're all in the green right now for the major indexes. Uh, Dow futures up 110 points. That's up three-tenths of a percent. S&P evenly futures, they're up 20. That's up four-tenths of a percent. The Nasdaq futures right now, 70 points higher. That's up half a percent. And you can guess that uh, bonds are uh, lower today in price. Ten-year yield is up eight thirty seconds, uh, eight basis points, I should say, up to 2.37%. Two years at 2.15. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. And we're brought to you by Anshin Accountants and Advisors. Challenging times call for proactive advisors who help minimize taxes, increase cash flow, and create opportunities for the future of your business. Visit Anshin.com. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. I'm Nathan Hager. U.S. futures are moving higher, but European stocks are falling along with bonds this morning as investors weigh the risks of rising inflation and the effects of the war in Ukraine. The dollar is edging higher, and so is oil. We check the markets every 15 minutes during the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures are up 21 points. Dow futures up 120. NASDAQ futures up 74 points. The DAX in Germany down six-tenths of one percent. The CAC in Paris is lower by three-tenths percent. The 10-year Treasury is down 23.30 seconds. The yield 2.37 percent. Yield on the two-year 2.15 percent. NYMEX crude's little change to higher up four cents at $114.95 a barrel. Comex Gold is up four-tenths percent or $7.60 at 1950.20 an ounce. The euro, 1.0985 against the dollar. British pound, 1.3192. The yen is at 121.64. Checking Bitcoin up 1.7%, trading right around $43,000. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. And now, here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Nathan. President Joe Biden is set to meet allies in Brussels to discuss ways to pressure Russian President Vladimir Putin to withdraw forces from Ukraine. It comes as the group of G7 leaders say they will use their economic powers to warn Russian President Putin against using chemical or nuclear weapons. New York City Mayor Eric Adams will announce today that he's exempting athletes and performers from the city's vaccine mandate for private workers The move will allow Brooklyn Nets star Kyrie Irving to play home games and let unvaccinated baseball players take the field when their season begins. NBA games, the Nets lost, the Knicks and Celtics won, and the NHL, the Devils lost. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts 
in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. Okay, Michael, thank you. We're at 649 on Wall Street. Let's turn now to news in science and technology. The Bloomberg NJIT STEM report is brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, ranked in the top 2% nationally for alumni mid-career earnings and number one in the nation for student upward economic mobility. More at NJIT. And now here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. BlackRock CEO Larry Fink says the invasion of Ukraine has the potential to speed the global shift to green energy. Fink says it may also do the same for digital currencies. He made those observations in his annual letter to shareholders in the world's largest money manager. In the first full year of the pandemic, the New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco, and Chicago metro areas had the greatest population losses in the nation. Census Bureau data show Sunbelt metros like Dallas, Phoenix, and Houston had the biggest gains. The exodus from the biggest U.S. metros was led by New York, which lost almost 328,000 residents. And UBS will allow some of its U.S. employees to work remotely full-time, offering flexibility to staff as the bank seeks to lure and retain talent. The Swiss firm expects about 10 to 15 percent of its American workers to go remote as the program's implemented in phases while more than 70% will be in hybrid roles. That's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM Report. John. All right, Nathan, thanks. We're live for the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, where it is 6.50 on Wall Street. President Biden meeting with allies in Brussels to discuss ramping up pressure on Russia. And Bloomberg's Anne-Marie Hordern is traveling with the president and joins us now. Anne-Marie, thanks for being back with us. Uh, this is more than just a photo opportunity, isn't it? It is. It's an extraordinary NATO meeting. Usually these meetings take months to prepare. This one was pulled together in about a week. But it's three summits back-to-back, NATO, a G7 summit, and then the president will go on to also at the European Union, which in itself is quite extraordinary. You don't normally see the U.S. president over at the European Parliament. Um, we already seen a draft of what to expect in terms of the G7, and they will condemn in the harshest terms and really warn President Putin about the use of chemical and biological weapons. They will also threaten more severe sanctions. But at the moment, there's very much so a big question mark on how far the allies can go given the one area that has yet to be sanctioned is really the lifeblood of the Russian economy, and that is oil and gas, and that dependence Europe has on it. And that raises the question, just how united is this united front against Vladimir Putin and Russia when it comes to energy? Right, and Jake Sullivan said there's there's not going to be back and forth and a lot of pressure this week in terms of sanctions on energy, but there will be a conversation on how the United States can aid Europe in terms of energy security. And we've already seen Europe make a number of moves on this. One was Robert Habeck, the German economy minister in Qatar over the weekend, uh, talking about LNG supplies. Now, at the moment, Germany doesn't even have LNG terminals. This would be a complete 180 of their entire infrastructure and how they heat their homes and put the lights on. Um, but you can see what they are trying to do is really loosen that dependence. And something uh, Habeck had said in Doha was, we might still need Russian gas this year, but not in the future. It starts like this. So he who has ears should start to listen. And that was a veiled threat at President Putin and the Kremlin. Is NATO moving more troops uh, just on the military front? Can can you go over that? Are they uh, Mm -hmm. redeploying? 
Well, what you can expect, and this is what Jens Soltenberg said, and he's the NATO Secretary General, is a strengthening of posture in all domains with major increases of the NATO front on the eastern flank, um, on land, air, and sea. But the president has made very clear a number of times he does not want to send American soldiers into Ukraine. But he has said he will defend NATO territory. That is, of course, if a NATO country was attacked, Article 5, the U.S. and all NATO allies would step in to defend that land. And what about uh, the supply of military aid to, to Ukraine from NATO? What's happening on that front? Well, we're already seeing a number of uh, the recent military aid and the money the United States has put towards that now starting to be delivered through Ukraine. Um, you can potentially expect more countries coming to the uh, coming to the help of Ukraine when it comes to military aid this week. It's one of the items, agenda items that will be discussed. But already the United States and a number of their allies has spent billions of dollars in military aid to Ukraine. And I imagine that will continue, especially when you have President Volodymyr Zelensky addressing the NATO summit today virtually. And uh, President Biden has warned of, uh, of certain areas of potential escalation by Vladimir Putin. What do we know about that? Well, the president, when he was leaving the White House en route to Air Force One to come over to Brussels, was asked about how high of a threat is the use of chemical or biological weapons, and he said he thinks that threat is very high. The United States has really talked about this over the course of the last few weeks, that they're concerned and that the world should be aware that Russia could stage a false flag operation and then go ahead and use chemical or biological weapons. We should note that... A ally of President Putin in Syria, Bashar al-Assad, where Putin was providing air cover in Syria, used and reverted to chemical weapons. Also, the Russian state, according to uh, a number of intelligence agencies, used Novichok in Salisbury, the United Kingdom. So this is something that leaders here do not think is beyond the realm of what Putin is willing to do, especially as the Kremlin noted that this was supposed to be a uh, quicker uh, military operation, what they would call it. Obviously, it's a war um, that is dragging out. Is uh, the president of Ukraine getting everything he wants, and what is he expected to say when he speaks to European leaders uh, virtually? Mm. Not just yet. He's not getting everything he wants. We know that the one thing Ukraine continues to ask for is air support, and they want to close the skies in Ukraine, a new fly zone. But the United States, a number of NATO allies say that that's just not possible because that would mean these allies fighting directly against Russian in the skies. And they say that could lead to a World War III, as President Biden has put it. And as we know, NATO's a defensive organization, not an offensive organization. And uh, such a thing with a no-fly zone, that would be considered offensive, I guess, right? I think I lost them. All right, Anne-Marie, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Bloomberg's Anne-Marie Hordurant reporting outside NATO headquarters there in Brussels. Thanks very much. Nathan. Okay, John, thank you. It's 6.56 on Wall Street. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. March is Women's History Month, and every day this month we're celebrating significant moments in women's history. And now with your installment for March 24th, here's Bloomberg's Renita Young.
On this day in women's history in 1996, Shannon Lucid becomes the first female U.S. astronaut to live aboard a space station. She entered the Russian space station Mir from the U.S. space shuttle Atlantis. And while on board the Mir, Lucid helped complete several physical science and life science experiments. She returned to Earth on September 26th of that year. After completing her fifth mission, Lucid had logged more than 223 days in space. She received her Bachelor of Science degree in chemistry from the University of Oklahoma. Then she earned a Master's of Science and Doctor of Philosophy in biochemistry. That's Today in Women's History. I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Radio. Okay, Renita, thank you. Right now, S&P futures are up 20 points ahead of the open this Thursday morning. Dow futures are up 120. NASDAQ futures are higher by 69 points. The 10-year Treasury down 27.30 seconds. The yield 2.39% as the bond sell-off continues. The yield on the two-year is at 2.16%. NYMEX crude now down two-tenths percent or 18 cents at $114.75 a barrel. Comex Gold up three-tenths percent or six dollars even at 1948.60 an ounce. And the euro right now 1.0989 against the dollar. Bloomberg Surveillance up next with Tom Keen, Jonathan Farrow, and Lisa Abramowitz. For John Tucker... I'm Nathan Hager. This is Bloomberg. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.